This is Your Morning Basket, where we help you bring truth, goodness, and beauty to your homeschool day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of the Your Morning Basket podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Well, it is winter hiatus, but we do have a very special episode for you today. We are talking all about morning time planning and the morning time plans we have available for you now at pambarnhill.com. Now, there's a little something in this episode for everyone. If you are interested in the morning time plans we have available, you'll find out a lot about the philosophy that went behind the planning of those and a little bit about what's inside of them by listening to this episode. And if you're one of those people that still wants to make their own plans and do their own thing, well, you're going to find some things in this episode for you too. We're going to talk a little bit about morning time planning in general, how we can make it easier on ourselves, and the importance of why we do it. All of that is in this episode. So joining me today are two uh, very special people. One is Dawn Garrett, who is the community care coordinator here at Your Morning Basket, and she's actually been on a couple of episodes of the podcast. And so she comes today to lend her expertise as somebody who's been doing morning time for seven years in her homeschool. Also on the episode is somebody who's new to the Your Morning Basket podcast, but not new to the website, and that is Jessica Lawton. Now, Jessica's a good friend of mine. She is a homeschool mom of five, and you know her work on the website if you followed the Eight for Each State state study or the summer reading program. She has had a very big hand, dare I say, an even larger hand than I have in both of those projects. And so those were both very near and dear to her heart. And now that the state study's over, she's turning her attention to creating these morning time lesson plans for you guys. We're working together on those. She comes up with the content and I make it look pretty and get it out to you guys. And it it really works out to be a great partnership. So you're going to get to hear some of Jessica's thoughts behind how she does the planning. So a little something for everyone on today's show, and we'll get right on with it. Okay, well, today I am coming to you guys with two really great resources on morning time here at the PamBarnHill.com, your morning basket team. And so what we're going to do first is we're actually going to spend a little time introducing who is on the podcast today. First off, we have our community care coordinator here, and it is Miss Dawn Garrett. Dawn actually is the person you talk to if you email info at pambarnhill.com, and she also takes care of our Your Morning Basket Facebook group. Dawn, what I want you to do, you've been on the podcast a couple of times before, but what I want you to do is kind of remind everybody how old your kids are and what does your morning time look like, just kind of briefly. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Dawn, and I have three kids. They are well. The middle one will be 11 before our school starts back up, and nine and a half. My youngest joyously exclaimed recently that she's now nine and a half, so that's important, right? The half is very important. Very important. We've been doing morning time for a long time. We did things for morning time that could be classified in this kind of area. But I usually am thinking that we started in 
January of 2010. So we've done seven years of morning time. Our morning time is relatively long and involved. We have an hour and a half scheduled for it. And we kind of do everything in morning time, which is unusual and not necessarily recommended, especially if you're just starting out. So we do all our Bible, we do some grammar, we do some nature study, we do poetry, we do habits, we do, call it a beauty loop, where we do drawing or Shakespeare or art appreciation or music appreciation. So we do a little bit of everything over the course of our term in morning time. Well, you know what, Don? you've got those three kids right there really close together in age. So morning time is really perfect for you to kind of mark off or check off a lot of those things you've got going on in your school day, because you are able to to do so much with the group there together. Yes. Any, anything that we can combine, we do combine and I throw it into morning time because the rest of our school day probably actually looks like chaos with children doing this, that and the other. They're doing the same work mostly, but they're doing it at different times and it, it just it's all moving parts. But morning time, we're all together. And that's a wonderful thing. Okay. Well, now, Jessica, you've got a little bit different situation going on because you have quite a larger age range. So tell me a little bit about your kids and your morning time. Well, my oldest is 10 and I have an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a little baby who's five months. So what we do for our morning time is as soon as he goes down for his morning nap, the baby we go ahead and we start and we start with, we sing, practicing how to sing quietly now, our morning hymn, and we do our Bible time. I've been doing that part of morning time for about five years. So I really wanted to try to start it when um, my youngest were more preschool, kindergarten age. And that was, that was all we do. But now we have added lots of different subjects. This year, I wanted to do so much, so many different things. And I decided to try this multiple loop schedule thing. And I, I really did like it. It worked for quite a while until we decided to begin writing these morning time plans that we've got available now. And I really, I think once I sat down and I talked to you about it and what we wanted to add and how we wanted to set it up, I really like this system a little bit better. So the loops have kind of fallen off and we've stuck to more like one subject a day for our morning time. And I think it's important to note that you kind of go through different seasons. Your morning time this year is actually looking different than it did last year because of the new baby. Yes, that is indeed the case. In fact, I would say it's almost longer this year simply because I need to keep everybody quiet longer. (laughs) So if we're all sitting at the table and we're all happy and we're quiet, I'll go ahead and read that extra chapter in our read aloud because the minute everybody starts to get up and scroll fluffle around and move, that really seems to usually wakes up the baby. So we just keep on with that true, beautiful, and good stuff and keep everybody quiet as long as we can. Oh, that's interesting. And you, you know what's going to happen in six months. It's going to change again. That's right. Well, I, I think everybody can say that you know, their homeschool changes from semester to semester and from year to year. So maybe some more than others, but I guess we ha- kind of have to expect that. Well, you know what I think I want to do right now is I want to talk a little bit about my morning time because my morning time has changed a lot because you're exactly right. And so right now I have Olivia's 11, John is nine and Thomas is seven. And I'm a little sad 
because I would have really felt that we were kind of in the golden age of morning time. But Olivia has transitioned to middle school this year. And because of our co-op, she's taken on a lot more work and responsibility. And I've had to spend more time leading her into that work and responsibility. So actually, instead of lengthening our morning time this year, we've actually shortened it a little bit. And so I'm hoping as we get closer to the end of the year, and I can see it, I really can see that she's growing more and more independent with this work as the year goes on. And I'm heartened by that. And so I'm, I'm hoping as we get closer to the end of the year, and she's taking more ownership of this stuff, that I'll be able to expand our morning time again back closer to what it was last year. So yeah, I think it's an important thing to note that morning time ebbs and flows with the season of life that you're in somewhat. Well, let's talk a little bit about planning your morning time. So because that's kind of what we're talking about on this special episode. So how do you go about planning your morning time? What are some of the steps that you take? And about how many weeks at a time do you plan out in advance? Dawn? Well, we have, like, as I said, a little earlier, we've been doing morning time for a long time. And we've settled in on a schedule, an outline that we really like that works pretty well for us. So at this point, we just kind of stick with that outline. And we put in the moving parts, the the bits and pieces, and we change those. So I plan about six weeks at a time. And we do six week terms and then one week off. So on that one week off, I start to think about, okay, we have this Bible passage down or we don't have it down and do we need a new one? Or we have this poem down, do we need a new one? Although we, since we use linguistic development through poetry memorization from IEW, we just kind of keep going with poetry. But I, every six weeks or so, I start to look and say, okay, are all of these moving parts the ones that we want to continue for the next term? And I may make some substitutions. but we keep that same structure, that same outline, almost like a liturgy in our home. Um, And we just keep following through it and putting in the pieces that we want. Yeah, I call those Dawn's big blocks. So Dawn always knows that she, could you tell me what your big blocks are, Dawn? Remind me of Um, what they are. Well, we have Bible block. We do Bible reading, hymns, catechism, Bible memory work, those sorts of things. And then we have discussion loop where I've taken some resources that I really wanted to use and we just do one of them a day and there I think there are four of them so that gets us through a week we do either nature study or we do my book house read from that or we read from the mathematic book that's part of the childcraft series we're also reading a lot of the stories and poems and things from laying down the rails from simply charlotte mason so That discussion loop comes kind of right after our Bible loop. And then we have kind of our academic period where we do either grammar or writing, do Latin review, we do math review. So it's it's a really academic portion. And then we end with our beauty loop where we look at music appreciation or art appreciation or drawing or Shakespeare. Those parts that you really want to get to and you don't always get to, I put them in a loop and that way we get to them. And that has worked really well this last year. And then we always close with a fun read aloud. So those big blocks always stay the same and you just change out this, not necessarily the subjects, but 
pretty much the resources that you're plugging into each of those spots. Exactly. Okay. I love it. All right. So Jessica, what about you? Now, I know it's kind of hard for you because you've been working on the morning time plans that we've been using. Let's see, we released the fall morning time plans. Those were actually a bonus for people who had purchased your morning basket. And then we did the free advent plans, which I hope most of you guys have picked up. So you've been doing those and we worked together to set those up in the way that we thought was going to work best for a large number of families. But before you started working on those, how how were you planning your morning time? Well, like I said, I'd seen, I think it was you who posted about using multiple loops in your homeschooling and where you have a daily schedule and you have a loop of one where you do those things. You get to that loop pretty much once a week. So all those subjects are done at least once a week. And then at the bottom of that loop, you have a loop two and the box of loop two ones will get done. You get to do one of those every week. So they get done maybe once a month. And then at the bottom of loop two, you have a loop three and those get done once a quarter. So I really liked that. It seemed to be able to fit all those things in there where I didn't feel like I had to do a poetry tea time every month. It actually ended up being maybe once every three or four months. I enjoyed the fact that I could get to these daily items, but I didn't feel like I had to do them all every day. I could do poetry and I could do a fairy tale. I could do a virtues reading. Some of these are some of the readings that I really wanted to get to, but I always felt like it was torn between doing them all in one day and then how do I break them up? During? So the loop really worked. It helped me keep track of what we were doing and where we were going. And it was a little bit like Dawn's idea of the blocks framework. Once I had a framework, I could then plug in the resources I wanted to use. And that's pretty much what I did. I had a stack of read-alouds that I wanted to get to. I had virtues books I wanted to plug in there. I had a collection of fairy tales that I wanted to put in in my book of poetry. So that's how I did it this year. And before we began doing the morning time plans, that was working really well. Now that we're doing these morning time plans, I really feel like I put all this work into them. I should use them. And (laughs) we have. (laughs) We've used the Advent ones. And they're great. I love them. They're actually better for this season because they're less. They're less than what I was trying to do at the beginning of the year. When he was a newborn, he was sleeping constantly. Now that I only have about an hour and a half to two hours in the morning while he's sleeping for morning time, this is working better because it's fewer subjects. Right. And I want to say we don't take an hour and a half to two hours to do it. We actually do less than that. So I think I want to anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we it, just really expand and we really enjoy that part of our day. It could be done in much less time. Yeah. And so what I think I hear both of you guys saying is that a framework is the thing you want, because I know sometimes people really feel stifled by the idea of having a plan like, oh, I don't want to have a plan because then this is just going to box me in and I'm going to be stifled by this. But what I hear you guys saying is that you've created a framework for yourself and then you go in every few weeks and determine exactly what it is you're going to plug into this framework. As we can see from the two separate ideas you're talking about and the third idea with the plan that we have is that there are multiple frameworks you could use and any of them would be right and could work for your family. Right. I think it's just important, like you said, to have, I mean, we say have a plan, but maybe maybe we should say it's important to have a framework, have a, a general idea of what you would like to accomplish. One reason I really like having a framework too 
there are times when we have to be out of the house and driving somewhere and we live half an hour from everything. There are times when I can just hand my 12 year old the notebook. They know the order of things that is going to happen and she can run morning time while I'm driving. But if we didn't have a framework, if we didn't have kind of that order of our morning time, she couldn't run it. I mean, we don't do absolutely everything. We don't end with the read aloud, that kind of thing. But she can get through kind of the most important parts to me as I'm driving down the road. So, or even if I'm sick, she can run a lot of morning time and they can still accomplish something even when I'm not at my best. Yeah. And I think Misty Winkler would say having that kind of framework, you would have older kids who could take over, even if you just have to get up and walk out of the room with a toddler or a newborn to change a diaper. If you have, you know, a particular framework that you follow, the kids will be able to carry on. And when I had all little kids, that framework meant that I didn't have to make any decisions. Oh, yeah. I knew what the next thing was. And we just powered through. My friend Heather taught me, she said, memory work time has to be fast and furious, or else you're going to lose them. And so we would just power through all of the memory work that we had fast and furious, because If you stop, they leave the room. (laughs) Having that framework has been really important to us throughout all of the time we've done morning time. Well, and I think not only having the framework to keep the morning time going, but having the framework in the planning to help eliminate some of the decision fatigue. Because if every time you sat down to plan a morning time, you were staring at a blank piece of paper and going, okay, where do I start? You would never want to plan morning time. Or staring at a list of, Five million resources that you could use in morning time. Right. So Jessica, you've been doing these morning time plans. What kind of a framework are you using as you're creating these plans? Well, what we've done is we've decided on the subjects that we'd like to do, first of all, and the things that we feel are important to most people. So we've picked prayer, a memorization, poetry, music appreciation, picture study, nature study, math, art, and then maybe some reading suggestions. We chose those based on, I don't know, I guess I would like to say I picked them because those are the things I like. (laughs) (laughs) My morning time is, is a collection of things I love and things I want to share with my children. And as I've been listening to your Morning Basket podcast, these are the things of our shared culture of our family life, of just the things that I would really like them to take away from school. Going to learn to read, they're going to learn how to add and to multiply and to divide. That's going to happen. But these are the things I really want them to remember. These are the the important things. Yeah. And based on the feedback we've got from the Your Morning Basket Facebook group, you know, this is definitely striking a chord with a lot of people. So I think we've hit upon a number of things that a lot of people are looking for in their morning time. And um, I was thinking about this today. And for me, it is not necessarily that we remember everything that we did. That's not the point. It is that when they hear beautiful music, they will remember that they enjoyed this in my house. Or when they see a painting, it may not even be a painting that we ever looked at. They can remember the things that we talked about and how to look at a picture and maybe just enjoy it just because they've learned to like it. So this is more about an ordering of affections than it necessarily is a gaining of information. Well, I think it I think it is both. But this happens to be the information that I like the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the beautiful information. That's right. It's the stuff that that feeds me. 
So I want to feed it to my children. And at the same time, it's almost like as you give it, you get it again. I think that's important, too, because, you know, we've said it before, and I don't think we've said it recently, so it bears repeating that the mom is just as much student in morning time as she is teacher. Yeah, she should be, you know, walking alongside and participating and should be fed by all of the things in morning time just as much as it's feeding her children. Kind of unlike, let's say, multiple digit multiplication where you're looking at a child who has no idea what's going on and you're the one passing on the information to them. The relationship's completely different in morning time because you're learning right along beside them. It's doing just as much for you as it is for them. Oh man, does this mean I have to go learn that Shakespeare sonnet that I completely failed at? It wouldn't hurt. And you know what you need to do? You need to go listen to the episode uh, with Dr. Kevin Vost about the memory palace because it'll help. It really will. I learned all of their poems because I had to go through them three separate times for a while. (laughs) And teaching it to three separate children. Now they're all at the same place. I don't learn their poems as well as I did before, but it's it is a struggle. But I think it's good for my kids to see that I'm struggling that and it's good for me to remember that it's hard to learn things. Oh, yeah. Because because I can look at my kids and say, why don't you get this? I've explained it six times the same way, six times. But you should understand this by now. And so it's good for me to see that it's really hard to learn things. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit more about what happens when you get a plan in place and you like it, whether this be something you've created yourself or even the morning time plans that we have on the site now. You get these plans in front of you and you really like them and you're super excited and you want to do all the things and you can't. For whatever reason, you, I'm doing air quotes here, you fall behind. What would you do in that situation? I think you just save it for later. This is the one spot in my homeschool where I seem to be able to just let things go. Morning time to me is such a free spot. We can do things. And if we don't get to things, you know what? It's okay. I'd like to get to everything. But what we have done is good. And I just love the Exploring Nature with Children Nature Study by Lynn Sedan because it is built up. It is built just that way. You can take things and you can leave things. and It doesn't affect what you have done at all. You might want to miss something. It's set up by week and you can do some of it. And because it's a cyclical yearly plan, it's almost better that you don't get to everything because then you come back the next year and you do more or you do something different when you revisit that topic again. And I feel like morning time, especially these morning time plans can be used the same way. If you don't get to everything, that's okay. You skip a day. And the next time you cycle around to January or to Advent, you can pull out some of the same stuff because your kids are going to want it again, or you can pull out different stuff. Because because it was something you didn't get to the first time. That's right. That's right. What about you, Dawn? Do you ever repeat things in your morning time? We do a lot of review. We cycle through all of our poems. We cycle through all of the hymns. We cycle through all of our Bible passages because I really want those to be well known and a part of their lives um, so that someday they can pull them out and they have them. We don't repeat topics a lot, although I can imagine that we will. 
we haven't done much Shakespeare, but I can imagine that eventually we'll cycle back to some of the plays that we've done now and do them again later because my kids are little and they'll get more out of them later. I definitely will skip something in morning time and not feel badly about it. We'll pick it up another day. There's this poem out there, little drops of water, little grains of sand make the mighty ocean and the beauteous land. And that reminds me of morning time a lot where I'm giving them little drops of water every day or every few days or as often as I can. And they're going to fill up on those things and they're going to, it's going to expand and it's going to grow over time. I can't be worried about missing a day or missing a part of morning time because we spent 15 minutes cleaning up at the beginning or we do what we can and we trust that it'll be enough. I love the idea of cycling back through because first of all, it's so freeing for me as a homeschool mom to realize that I don't have to check every single box on the sheet that the idea is not to rush through and get everything marked off the list, but to sit back and enjoy our time together and enjoy what we do maybe a little longer and a little slower. You know, I would hate to think that last week when we were sitting there doing our chalk pastel Christmas trees, that I, you know, would have felt the need to rush through those and get finished in a hurry just so we could get to reading a poem. Because then you're kind of defeating the purpose. Some of those things you can overlap a little too. Like um, we use a book for drawing lessons. When the kids are doing the drawing lesson, when they're following the instructions in the book, I read aloud sometimes, often. Their attention is not on fully on either of those things, which is a struggle. But there are some times when you can enjoy both things at the same time. I think it's important, again, to remember that there's no need to cover everything. You can't. We are limited human beings. And I absolutely agree with that. And if for some reason, the whatever we're doing in the in our discussion time loop goes longer, I drop the academic loop of all things. Um, so I absolutely agree with that. Part of morning time is building relationships, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. I think we get so caught up in, oh, there's so much wonderful stuff. There's so much, there's so many paintings we could look at. There's so many great resources. You know, we talked about this little one, how do we choose? I think it's just important to remember that you can't, we're finite and we're never going to know or see or listen to every beautiful thing. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Jessica, where you don't necessarily want your kids to leave home and say, okay, we did this painting and we did this painting and we did this play, but hey, here's a painting. Oh yeah, this is what mom taught me about how to enjoy paintings. Or hey, here's a play. This is what mom taught me about how to read a play. And then to be able to apply that to all of the new things that they encounter later on in life. And I think even more basic than that, it's simply that they like it. We're listening to the Messiah and they have so enjoyed some of the pieces that we chose for the Advent plans in the Messiah that they have said, mom, can we learn this? Can you teach this to me? Can we sing this? In fact, one day, daddy even got up and sang from it. And that was just wowed them. And that's when they wanted to get the music and to sing it themselves and to learn the parts. And that's, that's way above us, by the way. I do not have any prodigies. But it was the fact that they wanted to do that, that they love this music. Tonight, they said, mom, can you get the whole Messiah? Can we listen to it all? And so we did. We listened to well, as much as we could over dinner. But it's just that they want the, the beautiful, that they want the good, that they want the truth. That's by morning time. Yeah. Goal. 
I like that. Well, and I'm going to say, I was telling Jessica before Dawn was able to get on the call with us that looking back, we're going to call week one of the Advent plans done. And we never got to the picture study and we never got to the nature study. No big surprise there. This is me. (laughs) (laughs) But we did read our scripture every day. We didn't memorize it, but we did read our scripture every day. We read our poem. We've practiced our prayer, our Advent prayer every day. We did do the the art, the hands-on art with the chalk pastels, and we listened to the Messiah. And it seems like, oh, we've been listening to A Christmas Carol on audiobook because Tim Curry can read it so much better than I can. And it's been lovely. It's been a wonderful week. And I'm not going to kick myself for the pieces I didn't get to. I'm just going to move on and go to week two. Yep. That's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. So... All right. Well, Jessica, give us a little glimpse of, because I have not seen these yet. I've had a few questions come across my... Top secret. Yes, top secret. (laughs) Give us a little glimpse of what the new plans are going to look like. Well, for our prayer, we decided to do something different, and we're going to be memorizing prayers from the Bible. And that means our 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 memorization is going to be Shakespeare. So we're kind of changing things up just a little bit. These are winter plans, so they're going to be winter-based. Some of the topics will be snow and winter holidays and what are the animals doing in winter. Math is all about symmetry this time. So instead of doing several different subjects, we decided to pick one topic and expand upon it. I think that's going to be good. The art is a little different, so I will leave that as a surprise. And then, of course, our reading suggestions are some of our winter favorites. And then I want to point out, you also tie in some of the other subjects. So if you're doing something in particular for nature study or something in particular for mathematics or you're listening to music from a particular composer, you often tie that into the picture book readings that are suggested for the week. Yes. Yes. I try to find picture books that will go with one or more of the subjects simply because oh, we really like that. We, we love picture books. I love books. And my kids, even the older ones, will want to see the pictures and curl up next to me as we read these books. And I think they just offer just that extra little bit to what we have talked about that day. Yeah. And I want to point out, I've been doing the Advent plans and I have not had any of the picture books that Jessica suggested. And I've frankly been too lazy to go to the library (laughs) and see what they had. And so I've just been shopping from my shelves. And so far, I've managed to find, well, Dawn had mentioned earlier, the math magic book from Childcraft. So the day that you were talking about Roman numerals, I actually pulled that book off the shelf, flipped to the index and found a great little two and a half page article in that book on Roman numerals and read that to the kids and was able to do that kind of substitution. So that's totally possible as well. It sure is. And I think that if you go through the plans ahead of time and you see, for example, we have an activity in the nature study about hibernation. I'm going to suggest a few books that are our favorites that we have either on our shelves or I know that we have at our library, but there are plenty of books out there on hibernation. If you've got one on your shelf or at the library, that one's just going to be just as good as any that I have suggested sometimes. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. Better. You suggest <laughs> pretty good books. <laughs> I really do. I really do. But normally, the books I suggest, they're pretty popular. Usually, most libraries have them. Now, there might be one or two that 
for whatever reason, our library has and nobody else has, or I have found, for the most part, I think I suggest books that are readily available from most libraries. And I do want to point out that while these plans do kind of follow a general seasonal theme, they are in no means too themey, if that makes no. sense. No, of course not. <laughs> right. Some subjects lend themselves to themes more than others. And I think are better studied inside of a theme. Nature study, for example, or picture study or poetry. Those have kind of fit really easily into our winter theme. But our music appreciation does not this time. And I think that's okay. It's still beautiful. And, that, and that's what that's we're going it. for. Yeah, we're going for that true, good, and beautiful above any particular theme that might be out there. And notice all those empty boxes in your plans. Those are where you get to scroll. Maybe you look at your bookshelf and you go, oh, I've got a book that would go great with that. Let me add that. Well, put it in your plans. Or if you have a, more poems that you really like, well, write it down so that you can do it when it comes to that week. Don't be afraid to add your own notes and other things that you enjoy personally that you want to pass to your children. Or not, because I haven't written anything into my plans. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So I'm just following along with what's in the little boxes, and I'm feeling really happy that somebody else has done all the hard work for me. Talk a little bit about the age range, because this is a question I know Dawn has gotten a lot in the Facebook group, and then I've gotten some via email as well. What's the age range, would you say, for the plans? Well, I would say I have a fifth grader. And I also have a first grader and I have a preschooler, she's K-4, who have really come on board with these plans and I have made them, they really fit well, that age range. So I would say you could do an older preschooler all the way up to a fifth grader and you might be able, you have a sixth grader, Pam, and you've been stretching it Mm -hmm. to a sixth grade. There are activities on here, they are broad enough that you can match it to your kids. Yeah. And I would even venture to say that these plans could go older than what you've written them for. Yeah, maybe change some of the readings, you know, instead of a picture book about symmetry or something, find a really good YouTube video that would go along with that topic that's geared towards a little older age range. And you could totally do that because I think... And I would not discount the value of these picture books. And that's true. I would say if you've got an older middle schooler that they could... Maybe that's their opportunity to shine. You say, would you read this picture book to us? They'll learn just as much probably as the other kids. Yeah, I learn a lot from picture books. So yeah, I could see where that would be the case. So yeah, I think they could be stretched older, especially with us getting into the Shakespeare memorization that goes for a really wide age range coming up in the set of plans. So I usually have told people that what we, what Jessica has selected is true and good and beautiful And that that's good for anybody. I mean, you're doing the Messiah. The Messiah is good for everybody. And the art appreciation that you selected in the Advent plans is spectacular. You know, those things, those things fit for everybody. And if the math part of it doesn't fit, don't do the math part. It's okay. But pick and choose the parts that are going to work well for you and let everybody kind of work at their own level. Yeah, I don't think it's that hard because I still learn so much from the plans and enjoy the selections that are in there so much. So I will be looking forward to finally, by the time this special edition has aired, I will have seen the plans. 
But as of right now, she's holding them back from me and not letting me see them yet. So (laughs) I can't wait to feast my eyes upon them because I'm going to be using them in my morning time in January. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. This has been awesome. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you. And there you have it. Now, I have a couple of places to send you today for more information. If you would like more information about the resources or links or books we talked about in this particular episode of the podcast, including that multiple loop blog post that Jessica was talking about, you can go to pambarnhill.com forward slash YMBSP1. The SP stands for special. So YMBSP1 is where you go to find the show notes for this episode. And we've collected up all the links and anything you would need and the player for this episode and put it all on that page for you. If you would like more information about the morning time plans, including a video tour of what is inside this particular set of morning time plans and the ability to download a sample, you can go to pambarnhill.com forward slash morning time plans. And we have all of that available for you on the website. You guys have a happy new year and we'll catch you at the start of the new year morning basket season at the end of January. Until then, keep seeking truth, goodness, and beauty in your homeschool day.